G'day, it's James Baldwin here welcoming you to another episode of Oz F1, Australia's premier Formula One podcast as voted by my mother. Thanks, Mum. And it is indeed the recap series of what is arguably one of the best races I have ever seen in my entire life, the German Grand Prix at Hockenheim. And I am joined in the studio by my friend and yours, a single Tommy today. Tommy T, welcome to you, mate. G'day. Uh, uh, we're, uh, we're sadly down a Campy, but uh, Campy, I don't even think has even watched the race yet. He is off the grid somewhere in the Pacific, but uh, we look forward to catching up with him when he's back. Tommy T, mate, what an absolute bloody race, hey? Incredible. Just our text message nonstop. Like both of us were trying to watch, trying to text, and we just kind of threw our phones away for sectors of that because it was just incredible. There was something happening every five minutes and the best race I've ever seen. It's so funny. We have waited for rain for such a long time, haven't we? Yeah. And indeed, it's it's been a long time since anyone has raced in the rain and we've seen the whole swathe of rookies this year coming into Formula One who haven't touched a car in the wet and uh, indeed all of the, the practices really that people were getting their data from went out the window uh, yep. into the Completely race. Completely useless. Dry and practice. How good Help. was that? The best. I am, I'm just thrilled and, and I'm excited just thinking about everything right from the beginning and uh, we're going to go through the recap of, of the entire race. We're going to do some some cool things that we normally do, Tommy, um, talk about a few other uh, rumours that are going on as well. But uh, I just, I was pinned to the television just mm-hmm. going, come on, come on, come on. And when they kept doing those formation laps, it's like, come on, guys, let's just start. Let's do a standing start and go. Oh. Couldn't believe that there wasn't a big accident right at the beginning. I just, I was there, I was messaging you, Tommy, and I was yep, saying, mate, there's going to be a huge accident. Happen. Who's going to be, Grosjean or Danny, Danny Kivia, the torpedo crashing into someone? Yep. And everyone was well-behaved, weren't they? Yep. The biggest thing was just Max didn't get off the line, but everyone was fine. It seems that Red Bull struggled. So uh, if you didn't watch the race, really, what an incredible journey it was. We had a lot of people spinning off the track. Uh, we had a lot of accidents. We had a lot of crashes into the barrier at a certain corner where they're, uh, we're going to nickname the ice skating rink, I think, yeah. at the, uh, the, the last corner uh, where the tarmac is used as the drag race strip. And incredible, incredible recoveries from people like Lewis Hamilton, who spun out the second time that he almost crashed, and Max Verstappen, who won the race after doing a full 360 on the track and pitting five times. It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. So welcome along then uh, to the recap of the German Grand Prix. Tommy, let's go. Let's give me a 30 second highlights of what your favorite part of the race was. I really like watching Kimi. Um, just seeing his car control, he didn't have the best finish. We had some problems after the race where they got essentially disqualified for some clutch issues, which you were saying before. Um, just his car control, like he was one of the ones that ended up on the ice skating rink, as we're calling it. To see him being one of the only ones to kind of just slightly drift out of it and enter the track in a kind of normal manner seemed like it was no big deal. Everyone else is just like flailing around like idiots <laughs> and ended up in, in in the gravel and in the wall and ruining their race. He's just kind of like, oh, cool. Got it. Simple. This like, is easy. I'll drive a Formula 1 car in snow and, then and I've got it. He had this other move where he had Seb right on him looking to overtake him and he was like, enough of that and just decided to overtake the person in front of him on the inside and just was like, 
Deal with this guy now. It's incredible. I'm through. Bye. What, and here comes experience. It, yeah. it trumps, I think, a lot of the times, and we were saying before we started recording, Tommy, that, uh, yeah, you can have the best car in the world and one of the fastest three cars, but a driver experience trumps yeah. often. Not always, not often. And we'll talk about drivers of the day a little bit later on, but often um, in that environment. Uh, my favorite part of the entire race was just watching the Mercedes crash because <laughs> I'm a jerk. <laughs> And then the following, the pit stop. I just, if if you hadn't, if you haven't seen the race, cast your mind back to Mr. Bean, where he's uh, trying to get out of the house and he's trying to pack and he's running from one side of the room to the other trying Late to for find the something. Dentist. And he is all over the place. I have never seen a more disorganised Mercedes. There was two different types of tyre on that car at one point. At one point, yeah. And at one some, point there was no tyres on the car at all. Some were Bottas and some were Lewis's <laughs> on Lewis's car. They had no idea what they were doing. It just shows that they're so human. Yeah. And I think that's the that's my favourite part is that, you know, Mercedes have dominated Formula 1 for the for this entire season and indeed for the, the last couple. Uh, we're certainly in that era. But to see them struggle, to see them come back down to earth, really, really good. To see Toto slam his fists on mm. the desk. To see some human side to the the robots that are Mercedes. I'm done. I'm done with Lewis Hamilton winning. I'm done with Valtteri Bottas winning. I'm, I felt sad for VB. I did. Yeah. But I'm done. Um, I'm excited to see this and uh, Campy's not here, so I'm going to please him by saying that I'm glad that Max won. And yeah. I and I was texting that to you at the beginning. I you said were. Max is going to win this um, because he's he's got the best car control. Hey, let's talk about uh, some things in the paddock before uh, we dive into each of the teams as we'll go through and uh, and break them down for the entire race. There's a lot of rumours now, isn't there, flying around? We're getting to that mid-season where everything starts changing, everything starts moving. There's a lot of talk. Silly um, season is upon us, yes, which, which you love. I am, I adore rumors and I adore <laughs> I adore what's going on maybe not as much as Campy from no, the last oh, man he's a rumor but indeed looking at what's going to happen for for 2020 ahead of the 2021 regulation changes now if you keep your ear to the ground and you're on social media or indeed anything uh, that any sort of other news outlet I should say there's a lot of talk going on at the moment about Daniel Ricciardo going to Ferrari of course that hinges on Sebastian Vettel and we'll talk about his performance a little bit later on but it's looking maybe a little bit unlikely now that that's the case because he's got a bit of a confidence boost which is great but there's four teams Tommy that I think really have seats open and that's Haas that's Renault that's Red Bull and it's Mercedes and it comes out of this result for this race weekend uh, that proves all of those even more but I just want to talk with you a little bit I guess about who you think might go from these teams because often if if all of these seats are opened up then these four seats some might jump around between these teams mm-hmm. some might go some might come from F2 some might come from the reserve driver bench of course I'm talking about Esteban Ocon there for Mercedes but let's talk about Haas because I think before this race we would have said Grosjean's out yep and Ocon's going in and there was a lot of talk that before Germany Ocon was going to replace Grosjean didn't eventuate to anything I think someone just started that on Instagram on some account and uh, and the rumor just went because yep. it's this time of year and I'm probably the kind of person that would help spread it <laughs> you shared it from seven accounts I'm pretty sure it's true <laughs> uh, so talk to me about what you think about Haas because Haas was your favorite team in the beginning of the year and isn't so much anymore it was um I kind of threw it out to you earlier in the week that 
if VB doesn't get a spot back at Mercedes, potentially we could. I would like to see him at a team like Haas. I think mm. him with Gunter would be an incredible pairing. Mm. I can just imagine him really respecting Bottas as just like a straight-up professional, not yep. dealing with the two Muppets that he has now, which are children, <laughs> yeah. and can't stop crashing into each other. Yes, you're right. Imagine a professional like Bottas where you can get really good consistent results. I think that would be an interesting spot. The other one I could think for Von- for Bottas would be maybe a Renault, but I would love to see him a house. I think you're right. I think that's uh, it's certainly a team that is going in the right direction, and exactly. I and I think they need a Valtteri Bottas star mind, like a Daniel Ricciardo mind or a Michael Schumacher mind to galvanize the team together yep. and push them in the right direction from a driver point of view. Because we we all love Gunter, don't we? I think that's oh. that's great. So Renault, I want to talk about Renault because uh, let's just assume Daniel Ricciardo is going to stay where he is because he got a contract uh, for two year contract starting this year, so he's definitely there for next year, unless something comes up in Ferrari and Mercedes. We've heard that from Campy last time around that uh, he's free to do that, but Nico Hulkenberg still hasn't signed a contract yet with Renault, which means potentially he could be going anywhere. But who do you think might come into Renault if if he was to leave? And indeed, where would he go? I think he's another option for Haas mm-hmm. if Mercedes keep their current lineup, but we haven't got to them yet. It's, this is my favourite part. So I it's know. Go any direction at all. Like we've said throughout this whole kind of talk in the last couple of weeks, it's a dominoes thing. One needs to go for everything else to change, and it's mm. kind of... We can make all the estimations we want, but really, like, until one domino falls, you don't really know. I mean, potential people to go to Renault, I think you could see Ocon. I think yeah. he'd be an interesting one. If he's freed from his Mercedes obligations, yep. then certainly I think you're right. I think he'd be a really good teammate with um, with Danny too. I think he'd push Danny in the right ways, but yep. would also learn a lot from, from Daniel. And having a Frenchman in a French team wouldn't go astray either. It's true. Red Bull, I think, is very obvious who we're talking about here, uh, but potentially maybe not. You know, they could go off the grid. Max could potentially jump across to Mercedes. There might be a complete outlier. There'd be no reason why he would need to leave Red Bull at the moment for what's going on. But anyway, we're talking about uh, Campy's whipping boy. Uh, he is not going to stay around Surely at all. Not. And not after his performance. Pierre Gasly, by the way, if you don't know who we're talking about, <laughs> Pierre Gasly's performance this time around was woeful. Uh, to be in a top six car, like one of the best six cars on the grid, and to do nothing with it is very disappointing. He also really lost out to Alex Albon. The reason why he retired was that uh, he didn't get out of the way. He was sorry. He tried to get over uh, past Albon. Albon defended and he crashed into the back of him. Yep. It was a pretty rookie drive. Very rookie drive. I think, um, it, yeah, he, his, this is the time that he really needed to shine. I think there's a few people here out of the, the result of this race that basically mean that their, their seat that might've been okay is, is on shaky ground. Yep. Uh, and Pierre Gasly certainly going somewhere, but I think the, the really the, the thing that Red Bull need to do is swap him back into Toro Rosso. I think they've promoted him too early, but yep. then the problem becomes who do you promote, Albon or Kvyat? You've, there's arguments for both here, mm-hmm. and uh, I think a stronger argument for Alex Albon as a result of the Hockenheim Grand Prix. Okay, so Red Bull all to play for, and of course they're not likely to get someone in from outside the pool, the talent pool. That's why they spent, Helmut Marco spends a lot of time fostering and nurturing talent through that system for someone like, say, Fernando Alonso to come in out of nowhere and blow it out of the water. While most people would love to see that, I just don't think Helmut Marco is going to make that kind of decision. And Mercedes, Valtteri Bottas still hasn't signed a contract. And this is the interesting thing we lock on. Toto Wolff came out over the weekend and said that 
they're going to make a decision about Valtteri Bottas's future in August. So there's still another race between now and then. But also that he had things to consider like the long-term future of Mercedes. Now, a comment like that, for me personally, sort of says, well, you're looking at someone younger than Valtteri Young. Bottas. Yep. Which is currently their reserve driver, which is Ocon. But did they look outside of that and do they look to some very young talent coming from F2 potentially? Do they look at some of the drivers like we've got Russell? George Russell, huge talent. Huge talent. And we see that in the worst car on the grid, consistency from him. Like there's high potential that he could be snatched up very quickly. Well, that is all to come. I'm Ooh. looking forward to that all being played out. But hey, while we're talking about Williams, let's let's go through the pack. Um, usually we start with Williams, which is the team that has come <laughs> last. But I think with all due respect to, to them, they didn't. So we have to start with the team that had the two lowest cars, which in this instance was Renault. Tommy, <sighs> what a disappointing weekend for Daniel Ricciardo, hey? Reliability issues. Yep. He... Uh, he had an exhaust leak problem, which just covered the track in smoke, and it also covered the uh, the track in a little bit of fluid as well, which would which you were excited definitely about. added to the mayhem <laughs> that was going. Oh, I was excited. I was like, oil, yeah. oil, fuel, <laughs> yes, yes, more. Just quick, go for another lap around the track and put it everywhere. <laughs> no, it, it, it's just so disappointing for him. He had a really tough time in qualifying as well, didn't yep. he? And he was angry with himself. I mean, that qualifying, he was two tenths off. And he ended up six positions back from his teammate, I think it was. Oh, like, huge, isn't it? It's very, very tight. Like, he, he said it himself. He's like, the car was there. It was me. So he's just a star. To own up to it like that, I mean, very disappointing for us, wanting to see him go through, get a better position and have a better start to his race. I think the team might have um, conceded a little bit this race. Yeah. They've gone with an older spec engine. Yep, that's um, true. When he didn't qualify as well as he would have liked, I think they've kind of just gone, let's let's not risk an engine for the rest of the season. Let's kind of just see how we can go with this. And I think he, his his job was basically to try and stay out there as long as he could and just try and get him to the points and just outlast. But unfortunately, he couldn't with that exhaust problem. Just a shame for him. Uh, and, you know, considering that this year he's done a lot for Renault, you know, his best finish is, is sixth in a car that last year we wouldn't have even thought would have been a top yeah. eight finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just really, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sad for him. And I think he's even now looking to the future probably even a little bit more with all this rumour mongering going on around Ferrari and him. I think it'd be very hard to not be looking at where he goes next because truth be told, he needs to make a move in the next year to go to a championship winning team because otherwise he's going to start falling off the back end of age. He's just turned 30, which is ridiculous because I'm just about to do the same. And you think, oh, you're getting into the older driver thing. And you look back to drivers like Fangio and all he's got in there, like 40s racing these things. Anyway, incredible things to come hopefully for Daniel Ricciardo. We'd love to see him in a championship winning car, but certainly not going to be in a Renault with the reliability issue that that had. Let's break our hearts together, Tommy, and talk about (laughs) Nico Hülkenberg. I was so devastated the whole time. So as soon as Ricciardo was out, both of us turned to like, we want this for Hulk. We really want him to get his first podium. And if he could get like high up in the podium, that'd be great. He was, he had an incredible race. He had, the race pace, he was great in the wet. He was great on inters. Superb in the wet, wasn't he? Oh, incredible. Like, outstanding. And for his essential home race. Like, yes, yep. Very, very good. Unfortunately, he 
he went off in the ice skating rink mm. and broke all of our hearts. He was at second at a point. Yeah. So the safety car came out and there were still some people operating on slicks. Uh, there was about four or five pit stops there where people were flicking between the inters or wets and the soft slash medium yep. compound. If you were Max Verstappen going completely under the wrong compound, <laughs> but Nico stayed on inters yep. uh, and that got him past so many people yep. uh, into second. Of it course, was the two Williams, him and Albon were the only ones that never went on to slicks until very later in the race. And just the right move. Yep. We, we've seen Renault on. struggle with strategy for a lot of this year, but really he did an incredible job. And I think, there would be a massive part of him that was thinking at the time, oh, this is it. This is the chance that I have got. It's been a long career for him in Formula One. He came up through F2 as the king and the lord and saviour of Formula One. Big things for him. And he, he, yeah, he lost the car. He lost control. He, you know, he, he probably panic braked a bit to try yep. and avoid the barrier. And that only sent him locked up further in. And you could just tell just the way that the car was sitting. There was a shot of him sitting in like a deck chair kind of oh. on the edge and you just saw his face and he was just defeated. So both Renault's out. Nico Hulkenberg probably missing out his last opportunity really to have a podium in, in Formula One uh, because he's not getting any younger either and there's so much talent coming up now in the junior categories. So that's a shame really to talk about Daniel Ricciardo so little and so early on in our podcast, Tommy, but no. it is what it is. And it's just, it's a bit sad. All right, let's talk about Alfa Romeo because this was an interesting situation for them. Kimi's a star. So good. Absolute star. The entire time we were watching this race, Tommy, both of us were constantly going back to Kimi going, Kimi, like just text messages, Kimi. Just Kimi. Kimi. (laughs) Like lots of exclamation marks and lots of eyes. But really just an absolute king in the wet. Unbelievable. His car control is phenomenal. He, I mean, that's a, yeah, it's a Scandinavian thing. I think <laughs> yeah. born, inherently born with it. Yep. Maybe not Valtteri Bottas this time around, but certainly Kimi was all over it. The way that he positioned it, he found grip in places that other people weren't. And he, he I think the thing with Kimi is that he's confident. So he's confident yep. to put the cars in places where nobody else was going. Seb Vettel did the same thing and in, in why he got up so quickly. And then he's actually had his issue midway through. But sad, though, that the team seemed to have a, a clutch infringement, uh, which meant that uh, at the start of the race, they had a bit of a, well, an, a competitive advantage, if you want to read the rules, over other teams, which meant that they were both penalised uh, in time. Um, it was a, it was a drive-through penalty that they were given as a result, which ended up just adding 30 seconds to both of their times, meaning that they were the last two to finish in 13th and 12th, um, Kimi Raikkonen in, in 12th. Uh, but otherwise, he would have definitely finished both in points. Yep. Incredible drive from Giovinazzi as well. To, to honestly, this yep. is a this is a, a, a tough race. No one was expecting it to be like this. You know, we had a lot of people crash yeah. out with a third of the pack not even finishing. Like huge. just to finish is great. Huge, huge. But um, yeah, sorry, Kimi's the star. I don't think Antonio Giovinazzi is going to be around for much longer. Um, he hasn't shown too much. To we've said that a lot. Yeah. And, and and you know, Alpha is that team that is kind of there that we kind of expect Mick Schumacher to step into. Yep. Massive side note, seeing Mick Schumacher drive his dad's oh car. Oh, gosh. It's the F2004, I think, and just the noise 
I mean, he locked up at one point quite a lot in, in the drive, <laughs> but he was f- bloody fanging it. He did not hold back. He was, was like, so oh, I'm not going to sign the insurance thing for this, surely. <laughs> Driver like his dollar. Thanks, Dad. Good. See ya. <laughs> Just incredible noise. Um, and, uh, yeah, spitting image of his dad as well, seeing him interviewed there on German television. Okay, let's talk about Williams. Unbelievably... A world championship point has been awarded to Robert Kubica. <laughs> and not Russell. <laughs> which is kind of like the opposite way around. But to be honest, I'm kind of happy that it is Kubica because yeah. he deserves he a bit of something. a break, doesn't he? Yep. Doesn't he indeed? Look, those guys were on a, a pretty rubbish strategy right from the beginning. They were on full wets pretty much the entire race yeah. until the end. Uh, they should have split the strategy, I think, at one point. I think George would have been able to handle the car, but this is the kind of race that everyone's backed up. That Power isn't the deal here. It's no. about, and especially you see the start and everything, there was a lot of twitching going on for a lot of cars, including mm-hmm. right up the front with the best the yep. best cars and the best drivers are twitching all over the place, which meant at the back, everything was condensed. And I think a lot of the time, actually, you were seeing Russell ahead of two or three other cars yep. who had either pitted or whatever. But he was doing a good job. We didn't see a lot of television action for these no. guys, which I'm not that sad about because there was so much going on. Yeah. But realistically, again, Kubica getting a championship point because of penalties and, and two other cars getting out of the way. I yeah. mean... It's not it seemed for, like the strategy was just, let's just stay out there and hope that lots of people crash out. The best. Hope and we get a point. What? They did. It did. It did. That's exactly I, I, what happened. I really think they should have, at that point when so many people had crashed out and they were so far behind and you could see it starting to dry up, take the risk, throw one of them on some slicks and just see thing. what happens. Yeah, literally. Just why not? They don't really have the, why not? They don't really have the confidence, do they? Yeah. They're not making decisions that are, you know, we're just going to get a competitive advantage over this one or two lap earlier pit stop yeah. that's going to put us out. Because they don't have the that, confidence to stray from their initial plan that they started and sat down and prepared before the race started. Like, at some point you need to take that risk, which is what a few did, and it launched them right to the front of the pack and, over, like, undercut a bunch of people through a the pits. A huge amount of people at the huge. pits. I'm sad for them because I... Yeah, there was, at the end of the day, there should have been both cars in the points. And it's the confidence boost that they need. Look, it's a, it's kind of a bit of a hand-me-out and thanks for participating point. But <laughs> it's going to be the only point they win all year. I'm calling it now. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about Haas now. Uh, finishing in seventh and eighth. Uh, they can't stop crashing into each other, can Ridiculous. they? Ridiculous. And both of them look at each other like it's the other one's fault every single time. Every time. What is this guy doing? <laughs> Are you will, kidding me? Will this hey, guy ever learn? Like, like, oh. Guys, stop it. Kunta's just bashing his head against the wall again. I don't think he's stopped actually from last time around. But every time he's he's very respectful when he's talking about them to the media and those kind of things. Like he, he lets on and he's like, okay, it's not good, but he never bashes, he never kind of kicks them, when really you can tell he just wants to go, these guys are idiots. Yep, children. One of them staying, one of them's going. Yep. Has to be. Sometimes I think he both he wants both of them to go. I think so. But th- th- surely this can't coexist for another season. There's no, no, no way. No, it's not Has good for the team. keep improving the way that they want to and the way that their investors want them to if this is what's happening on track. If they can't stay away from touching each other, let alone other cars. And... Hey, who knows what's going to happen after Hungary as well because Rich Energy is only promised up until the next race this coming weekend to as the title sponsor. We might have a clean car, uh, just maybe a plain black, almost uh, Lotus-looking car. I mean, the only reason they were that colour was because of Rich Energy, so maybe right. they'll change it up. 
go back to the American colors. Let's just have a really bright blue, red, and white car with lots of stars and stripes. <laughs> Talladega Nights, let's do it. Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, if you'd like some opinions on how to design your Formula One car, thomasjcamp.com.au forward slash Tommy T. Tommy doesn't get his own domain. <laughs> no, I only get We can only afford one. <laughs> uh, okay, so look, interesting. Haas just killing me here. Um, oh. But all credit to... Grosjean, yep, he outperformed K Mag this entire weekend. I mean, he quali- he qualified way better, and he yeah, he, he's he was gingerly taking that thing around the track a lot of the time. I think his main thing was don't crash. Big ups to him for not crashing, considering so like who be, else crashed. That should be written well, on the inside you. of his helmet. Don't, don't crash. crash. <laughs> <laughs> to do not crash. Oh, it's okay. I'd forgotten all of those other races to oh, do that. Oh, sorry, sorry, everybody. Right on his glove. Oh, just everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Maybe that's the next title sponsor. Don't crash, Roman. Uh, we're talking about Mercedes next. That's so good to hear them so early on in the podcast. I was going to talk about them before Haas, but I wanted to talk about them before Haas. Lewis Hamilton finished behind Kevin Magnussen in ninth, and he crashed, and you know what? I'm happy about it, and I don't even care because if you're a Lewis Hamilton fan, congratulations. You've had five times to celebrate his awesomeness. This has been boring. It's been killing me for most of this year that I don't care what's happening in the top three. Whatever. Don't care, Lewis. I mean, you're not humble about it most of the time. This time? Good. You know what? Here's a bit of an opportunity for everyone to go, all right, you did crash. You made a lot of mistakes today. A lot. You got penalized twice. You were going too slow behind a safety car, which was, by the way, not a steward's thing. That's an automatic flag that it's, a computer system It's because he's up. used to being at the front behind a safety car. He doesn't know what to do when he's not. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm oh, back here. I'm supposed to back up the pack usually. Am oh. I first? And these people, have, <laughs> I'm, I've overtaken these people huh? already and I'm coming back again. I'm not, what, how do I? And then, oh, okay, cool. Oh, man. I'm glad. Oh. I, was, I was thrilled to see him crash out. I'm sure he's a lovely person, but I'm bored. Yep. I'm bored with Mercedes. Uh, Valtteri Bottas. Oh, that's, I mean, that was a, maybe not millimeters, but certainly centimeter decision. Yep. If he had decided to go slightly left uh, on that line and stay in the dry, but he just started spinning and it was, you spin me right round, baby, right round into a barrier Whoa. and out of a confirmed seat for next year. Yeah. I've got to say it, mate. I don't th- I think this is the performance and that mistake is going to cost him his seat in Mercedes. It sounds harsh, but this was the race that he needed to secure when the decision's being made in what we've been told is a, two, a couple of weeks to do something like this when you are on for a really good bag of points to then throw it in with something as silly as that. And especially at that point, Lewis was running last. You, you had a chance to claw back some championship points against your teammate yep. and just finish strong. You didn't need to be pushing as hard as you were. You just needed to get that thing home safe because you had a far superior car than everyone else. You would have at worst finished third. Literally, like there was no way you weren't going to finish third by just keeping your car on the track. It's sad for him. I am sad for him. Yep. But the future of Formula One, I just don't believe it contains Valtteri Bottas and lots of people respect him, but he's the kind of driver that if he does leave, and let's be honest about this, Tom, if he does leave, people aren't going to miss him. It's true. He, he's, he doesn't give much to the media. He's not a big personality. And, and oh, this sounds harsh, but he was there because Nico Rosberg pulled the pin and Mercedes' option at the time, he was from Williams and Williams were performing quite well and he was yep. driving that car well. Okay, he drives the car very well. He's like a man possessed when he's on it. But that kind of mistake, you know, I think Toto said after the race, yeah, we've been 
buggering around concentrating on putting bloody funny hats on and old, you know, fifties garb where really we should be focusing on winning races and they're right. And they were the total sponsor for Hockenheim Mercedes. They aren't for next time around, which means I don't think the race is coming back and certainly they're not going to be interested in in investing into that next time. Not after that result. So VB crashing, crashing out Lewis didn't actually get into the points as a result of the Alfa Romeo dual uh, penalty, he comes in ninth and gets two championship points. Which I, I also didn't like Lewis after the fact when he was interviewed. He was very sooky. He was talking about how he was sick and he wasn't feeling it. And mate, like, come out. Everyone's dealing with stuff. Get on with it. This is your job. I, I don't know what you want us to feel. It seems like when he talks to the media and the public, he wants you to feel a certain way. He's claiming the underdog status in lich, from literally pole position. Yeah. I don't know how he does that, but that is that seems to be his game, and I think a lot of people are getting tired of it. Yep. Especially one person who's not with us on this podcast tonight. Campy, we'll say it for you. Yeah, he's humble, isn't he? Huh. Right. <laughs> He was in the room. Ah, is he there? Are you on the telephone? No. Uh, okay, I want to talk about uh, McLaren Renault. Uh, the last bit of that, doing a hell of a lot better than the works team, but McLaren, Carlos Sainz finishing in fifth. Man, he almost binned it hardcore yeah. as well, didn't he? He was very lucky that a lot of people in the same spot did hit the wall. He was maybe half a metre off. Yeah. And then when he went to go in the gravel, he kind of put a lot into it and nearly did hit the wall. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just flick this. Oh, oh. Oh, I've almost, I've almost done that, haven't I? Yeah, yeah. So interesting. This is we're talking about turn seventeen, by the way. Coming into the the last sector is just a mayhem of wet, random corners. Diabolical. Which is fine, to be honest. It's not. And that was the sector, like, it didn't ever dry out properly. Never. (laughs) So the rest of the track was drying out, and it was wet right there. Yeah. Really. I mean, yeah, sad, but also fantastic. Um, someone who didn't actually crash out, but alongside Danny Reek having a, an issue, I think six gear disappeared on him, was uh, our boy Lando. And it's nice yeah. that Campy's not here. How good is Lando as a driver? about Lando. He, was, he didn't really do much this weekend, no, did he? This, I wish it was a better race. Damn it. About Campy was <laughs> Damn it. But he did very well, uh, nonetheless. Um, he didn't have much... Luck qualifying, did he? And he no. ended up on the back row next to Seb Vettel yeah. um, because he decided to, to change some bits in the car. Interesting stat, really, that the rookies of Albon and Lando and George Russell had never driven a Formula One car in the wet before. Yeah. And they were qualified with each other. Yeah. So they're all sort of at the back together going, ha! <laughs> <laughs> what do we do? How? And we've got a Ferrari right behind you and all these other cars that, in front of you. And it didn't take Seb long to just... Boop. See you later. Yeah. yeah. It, look, he got a great getaway. And again, comes back to experience. But McLaren, they should be happy with that. I think it's a shame and it's a reliability thing. It's not a driver thing for Lando. Yep. And that's a big thing to note as well. I think if he had stayed in, certainly... I mean, he could have even had a potential shot at third too. For sure. That's someone else that uh, definitely Nico, we thought, had a good opportunity. Yep. Lando definitely could have as well. Let's talk about Toro Rosso. Uh, Alexander Albon finishing in six. Man, he had a killer race, didn't he? I, I, th- I don't think six really does justice to how good he had a race. No, he I was, agree. He was incredible. I th- to see his pace on inters against far more experienced drivers on inters was incredible. He was making moves. He was holding off 
other drivers. His pace was incredible. Yeah, and for someone who didn't have experience, so we're look, talking about this the again. confidence he had was incredible, and he got it. I think he, he stayed out of trouble the first couple of laps, and he figured it out and went right. Here we are. Let's just bloody do this. And what I love about Albon, really, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but the way that he conducted himself after qualifying, you know, the issue with Lando, and he was just totally chilled about it. All the press are like, oh, so you and Lando are best mates. You're going to go punch him in the head? Are you going to punch him in the head with a a drum kit? (laughs) Yes, I am. No, he's like, oh, it wasn't Lando's fault. No, he was on a a fast lap as well, on a wind-up lap, and, you know, okay, it is what it is. It's racing. I'm just frustrated that I'm not through, but it's not Lando's fault. It's like, mate. Are you showing grace in, and humility in this? It's oh, really good to see. Oh, that is so good. And even Lando came back and, and didn't expect to hear that, honestly, that, you know, there was nothing wrong with Albon, Albon having a crack at him for, for being in the way. It was yeah. just like, oh, okay. Just maturity. maturity. From the young blokes. Yeah. Oh, this spot's got such a good future. Yeah. I, I did hear it as well that he was recently overseas talking to some new sponsors and sponsors that are bringing, he's bringing on himself. So I think that really shows a good future for him that he is going to be bringing on sponsors. He's going to be good for the team, good for money, and clearly can drive as well. So I think that's really positive for his future Such a as well. nice guy. Yeah. When there's sort of like a DC kind of mentality about him, he's, you know, he's ruthless when he's in the car. Yep. Or JB, Jesse yeah. Button and David Coulthard, by the way. Um, in terms of that kind of... Perception in the car, maniac, killer, going for it, defending, hardcore to overtakes. It. Out of the car, gentleman. gentleman exactly racer. what we want. Love it. So good. Okay, well, let's talk about his teammate who became a father. The and day before. Got on the podium. Danny Kvyat finishing in third. An incredible drive from him. But right place, right time. Yep. As with all, I think, these top guys, safety cars, Tire changes, he just got the luck of the draw to be in third. Yeah. So only the second podium for Toro Rosso or what was Minardi. Yep. Uh, and the first since 2011. So that's a long time. So really, really good for that team. Like him and Albon both performed really well. I think they were the team of the weekend for me. Um, but he was just right place, right time. He he wasn't doing as well as Albon, if I'm honest, but yep. he just happened to be far enough back to jump into the pits on a safety car, get the right tyres on and capitalise. So I think you've got to give it to him. Like you've, you've literally got to take the opportunities when they're presented to you, and he did. And, I mean, he was stoked to be there. It's great to see, he, and his, he said this, you know, see, this is his second career in Formula 1, yep. uh, and he killed it. So, hey, some some good points in the bag for him. And he did some be, really good defending to keep the racing point and the McLaren off him to hold third as well. So that was really good. Yep. Completely agree. Really happy for you, uh, Danny. Really, really, really good stuff indeed. Let's talk about racing point. Uh, well, the first person to crash out of this race was Checo, wasn't he? Yeah. And he just spun out. It was ridiculous. It was like the, the corner he actually went off on. I feel like he lost the car three corners before and he was just chasing to kind of keep grip and he was sliding all over the place. And then it was no wonder when you saw the onboard that he just looped it and then ended up in a wall. Yeah. Comes out of it, comes into turn eight, nine, ten, and loses it into 11. And yeah. he just had no control of the car for most of that time. Yeah. Just he, he thought he could throttle out of it, it seemed, and he just ended up just looping it. And, and we were speaking a little bit about this before. Checo's money is not maybe that important anymore to the team. It seems that way. We know Lance is staying, and certainly he performed this weekend, didn't he? Finishing in, in fourth, yep. I- incredible again. 
incredible performance for Racing Point. And if you did believe what I said last time, yes, they brought upgrades to this race. It seemed to have worked yep. at some point. Yep. Uh, Campy, yes, I do believe the PR machine. Thank you. Because <laughs> uh, here I am talking about it. But finishing in fourth, I mean, he he had no real hope of keeping Vettel behind him, did no. he? I don't think anyone really did, except for Max. Yep. Uh, but, you know, Max finished seven seconds in front of, of Seb, so there yep. was nothing really like that going to happen. But Lance did it. Took a risk, right place, right time again. But he was also in the middle of the pack. Like, he was doing well the whole race. He was consistent. I think the biggest problem with Lance is he can't qualify well. I yeah. think he needs to figure out he's like, He's one lap, and if he can figure that out, he'll actually have a good career. But if he's starting from the back of the pack every race is what's going to hinder him. He yeah. needs to get into that middle, and then he can fight. Because clearly on race day, he's fine. He is fine. He's got good race pace. He's got good strategy going on with his with his engineer. Look, he's got a driver coach as well. Yep. Juan Pablo Montoya is, is coaching him on how to drive. I think that's a real good thing. It's a great investment for the team. To have, because coaching him through how to be a better racer and his race craft, I think is vitally important. Obviously next we're talking about qualifying and that's a completely different game, but Checo, maybe his seat is open. Yeah. Uh, maybe we don't see the, the need for racing points. Certainly doesn't need that money as badly as they did last year. I'm excited to potentially see him go again because it's kind of had his time and he's yep. bit of a nothing. It's just, anyway, it is what it is, right? Ferrari. Charles Leclerc binning it in the ice skating rink and a part of that whole situation was the Mercedes, 150 years of Mercedes motorsport sign (laughs) falling onto the Ferrari, which I thought was quite poetic. It was great. He was pissed. He was very angry. I think he was angry because he knew it was him that did it. Yeah. His team actually, like we give Ferrari a lot of crap, the strategy and problems and all those kind of things. He was on the ideal strategy. He timed everything and was very lucky with his timing of pit stops when safety cars and all these kind of things were happening. He was on the dream strategy. He had every opportunity to win this race and he stuffed it up. I think is why he was so frustrated. And it just comes back to experience because at the opposite end of the scale, we've got Seb Vettel who started at the back of the pack and finished in second. Uh, Again, yeah, I agree completely with you. We were saying before we started recording that it's okay. It's not that exciting that you managed to overtake a Torosso and a racing point and a McLaren and a Haas and a few other cars down the pack. You're in a Ferrari, mate, and you're a full-time world champion. And we saw in practice, I mean, all, all being dry, but that was the fastest car around that circuit yep. this weekend, for yep. sure, by yep. a mile. And it would have been interesting to see if another couple of laps, although we were starting to get very tired at 2 o'clock in the morning by the time yep. this race finished, but if another couple of laps were added on, just to see when Seb caught Max, yep. what would have happened? Yep. Because, you know, these are two guys who are great in the wet. Yeah. Really, oh. really great in the wet. Please for Seb. Pleased to see him back. It, Lewis is nowhere near him on the podium. I think he needed that. Yeah. I think Ferrari needed that. Uh, it's a shame for Charles, but okay, Sebastian, you've got a bit of our attention now. Yeah. Let's see what you can do going into next weekend. Some of those well. moves he pulled were great too. Like just to oh, see yeah. vintage kind of Seb coming through yes. the pack. Yeah. Very, very good to see again. And obviously, yeah, he, he's, he's taking the, uh, the podium for. Uh, or, or the win for Toro Rosso back in the day in the wet in Monza. Yep. Uh, that's this is his natural habitat to to pull it out of the bag. Oh well, Ferrari, you're doing good things, 
potentially at least half of the garage is anyway, <laughs> uh, but not when it comes to qualifying. Never at the same liability. time. Never at the same time. <laughs> What's this silo doing? Who even knows? All right, let's finish uh, talking, recapping with Max Verstappen uh, and Pierre Gasly. I think let's talk Gasly, about Pierre Gasly. Done. Okay, good. Uh, and Max Verstappen absolutely killing it. He did win drive of the day. Not our drive of the days. We'll talk about that in just a moment, but Max just performed stunningly. Yeah. Campy will be very happy that I said that. He will. We were both very happy for Max. I think to, to hear the crowd when he would make a move or overtake someone. Or so good. It was incredible to hear the cheering. And also quite funny when Lewis would come and make a mistake and the crowd would cheer as well. That was also <laughs> quite, quite lovely. It's like, it's I like change. the Mercedes, but I don't like his driving it. So, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, but he was outstanding. Like, I think the it was summed up in the way he saved that spin. He made a mistake, but to... To drive out of that so oh, smoothly. That control was phenomenal. <laughs> like you can't, it, you could not have told me or convinced me before this race had started that the leader would have been Max, that he would have, sorry, the winner would have been Max, that he would have pitted five times yep. and had a 360 in the middle of it and yep. be totally fine. Yeah, and one by seven seconds. Sorry? Huh? Where are we? What day is it? What year is and, it? And that's why it was the best race of the season. And I think this is the kind of stuff that we want for 2021. This yep. is the kind of close racing that we can look at it and go, okay, yeah, Red Bull won and Ferrari came second, but we've got in, you know, a Toro Rosso racing point and McLaren and another Toro Rosso and some Haas behind. Like that, that it's is how up. it should be. Yep. We want to see those midfield teams have an opportunity to get on the podium. It's better for the teams. It's better for money distribution. It's better for the fans. Yep. You get better drivers in the similar sort of cars proving their skills because at the moment, as I said, I'm bored. Yep. The fact that Lewis has got the best car on the grid, you know, he's a great driver and he's got the best car. Of course, he's going to bloody win. If he's not, then what are you doing with your life? When Pierre we're Gasly. cheering for rain more than a particular car or driver, you know something's wrong. It says a lot, doesn't it, about yep. the sport. All right, let's talk about your driver of the day. Tommy, your driver of the day for this race. I think I'm going to have to go Albon. He was incredible. Yep. I just think to be so young, not have driven an F1 car in the, the wet like this and to show so much class and confidence against more experienced drivers. I think he deserves better than six, but I think he he just was a bit unlucky in the last couple of um, safety cars not to have lucked out into a better position, but outstanding drive from him. And I think it's it's shown a lot of other teams maybe. Yeah. I'm thinking Red Bull, who might be interested in uh, investing a little bit more in him and we might see him move Certainly, oh, look, I'm exactly the same. I think driver of the day for me is that one too because we were talking about it before. It's hard to, to beat that, you know, going from 17th to 6th. Yeah, 6th isn't indicative of the drive that he had and, and really the fact that he had no experience in the wet doing that and defending defending against Gasly the way that he did yep. and keeping him behind it. You know, you got a works Red Bull behind you and yep. you're in the junior Red Bull team and you're keeping the, the works Red Bull behind you, you're doing good things. I think he's definitely the future yeah. uh, for Red Bull. I, is it going to be this year? Is it going to be next year? You know, I think Helmut Marco might be saying, look, we made the mistake of promoting Gasly too quickly. They might not want to do the same thing for Albon, but they might not have a choice because Albon seems to be adapting a lot faster yep. to situations. And Gasly is bleeding points from that team. Yeah, they can't afford to do that. No. Not as not as a top three team. No. They really can't. I think it's summed up quite well when you said that Lando and uh, George were literally next to... Albon at the start and look where they finished compared to where he did. Like that shows the race he had. 
He was of those rookies outstanding. He's outstanding, and what a just a great guy off track too. Yeah. On camera, really just you know happy to talk to reporters, happy to answer questions from fans yep. it seems, and and all of that sort of stuff. Makes a good all rounder. I said that about Charlotte Claire at the beginning of the season. That has completely dissipated the pressure that he is under. Mm. I don't want it to happen to Albon. No, either so no. potentially maybe a mo- he's got some time. time he yeah. has so much time like George yep. Russell uh, do you want to quickly say why we didn't give it to Max because I know Campy will want to know well I was going to say well <laughs> I'll just talk on behalf of Campy Campy who was your driver of the day oh Max Verstappen <laughs> and have you still got that tattoo <laughs> oh yeah it's just oh, it's, oh I've got four of them actually oh that's great <laughs> oh, okay mate um, do you like to say anything else about the race no okay good thank you for your <laughs> feedback and your input that's really really great <laughs> Uh, those tattoos still won't scrub off, Cabby. Uh, if you've even watched the race, mate, I'm sure that you would appreciate it. But uh, look, Max, I think is great. We both appreciate that he did a great race. But you and I, Tommy, want to focus towards the back of the pack or the mid of the pack yep. and start looking at these drivers and, and what they're doing in those midfield teams. Uh, and I think that's the reason why, realistically, there's not going to be a driver of the day from a top three team from me for the rest no. of this year. Uh, but talking about the rest of this year, we've got Hungary next. Yes. And then and we go on break, unfortunately. So we get a double header and then some period off. But let's just talk about what you think is going to happen. What are, you, what are your, your grand hopes and, and big things for Hungary? I'm hoping. I think it's going to happen. Double points for Renault. I think they've talked about some upgrades. I think the way that they... Went in with Danny Rick in this race, kind of said that they were saving something up for this. I think this is a, probably a track a bit more suited to their style of car and style of driving. Yeah, I'd really like to see Danny Rick do better than his current best performance this year of sixth. Yep. Well, he came fourth last year, but of course he was driving a Red Bull yep. uh, at the Hungaroring. So potentially up yep. towards sixth again is what we're kind of hoping That's for. That's what we're hoping. Uh, look, Lewis won last year. Sebastian came uh, second and Kimi third in a Ferrari. I really I really hope that as a result of this, this time around in Germany that some more people have some more confidence going to this race. Yeah. People like Albon, people like Stroll, who haven't had the best of, you know, results really for most of this year. Now having a, a, a sniff of what yeah. it's like to be there. Kvyat will be really interesting to watch how hungry he is in Hungary. <laughs> <sighs> I've just done it, haven't I? A pun that I didn't even mean to do. Good. Well done. I'm the best broadcaster. <laughs> but also as a new father too. I mean, yeah. he's, he'd be with his daughter right now, I would hope, uh, and then straight back into it. Yep. You know, in, in two days' time, they're back at they're at the track doing it all again. Yep. So I hope that, that that hunger for him really turns into something that is incredible to watch for us. Well, and Toro Rosso as, as a team have just overtaken Renault in the constructors by one point. So it's all to play for there in that fourth position, I think it is, or th- fifth. Huge. Yeah. Huge. So that could start heating up much like it did with the kind of racing point Haas last year. Ooh. This could be very exciting. Well, indeed, it's going to be very exciting, but we just can't get over how exciting uh, that watch race was. I think we're going to go and watch it again now. Well, Tommy T, it's been an absolute pleasure to share the best race so far with you, mate. Thank you for your time. Campy, we miss you. We're looking forward mm. to... <laughs> 
Campy, you've been replaced. No, we miss you, mate. We're looking forward to, to watching Hungry with you. And indeed, thank you so much for listening to Oz F1. If it's your first time, we, we really appreciate your time, the bit of banter and everything else that we love to do. Please subscribe to the channel. We love doing this. Uh, we want to do it more and we want to do it uh, to better. And the only way to do it better is getting feedback. So please jump on the socials, uh, Instagram at OzF1, A-U-S-F-1, Twitter at OzF1 Official. Uh, you can jump onto our website, OzF1.com.au as well and fling us a contact form, an email or whatever it is that you want to do. Send us a smoke signal. We don't really care. We just love doing this. So thank you for your time. We're looking forward to Hungary. Tommy, we'll see you then.